Hi, and welcome to Waste Takes episode 149. British Airways Flight 149 was destroyed by Iraqi Iraqi troops in 1990. It was shot down. A little bit of history there for you. I am Trey, joined by Dylan. Two manning the podcast today. You know, we're in that oh, yeah. we're in that time of the year with the football season where, you know, you're you're getting towards your bye, you're dealing with a lot of injuries, a lot of guys going into onto IR. Uh, I myself, I'm playing hurt. My sickness from last week has continued. <clears throat> so you might hear some coughing throughout this. Um, Dylan is sick as well, I believe. Feeling a little not, under the weather. Not great. Yeah. And then uh Tucker and Cam are not here due to work obligations. Uh, we could have three-manned it last night with Tucker, but I couldn't really speak. <clears throat> so we tried to push it off to tonight, thinking we'd have Cam. Did not know he would be busy. Um, so it's just going to be the two of us tonight. I think we had one other two-man podcast. I think it was you and Cam, Dill. So you're a little more used, yeah. to, a little more used to the for- format than I am. I forgot about that. I don't even remember what we talked about. It was a good episode. I enjoyed listening to it. If it's easier to talk just two people because you don't have to like wait. It's more, it's more intimate. Yeah. You don't have someone flying in from right field. So, but, um, yeah, so we'll just get right into it with winners and losers in terms of our poll. Uh, let me check that one out. I do not know. Is it still alive? I didn't vote. It may very well be still alive. Last I saw, I think it was. I don't know why my Twitter's not working now. Just one more thing to add to the show. Uh, right now, Tucker's poll, Tucker's vote is winning, but it is All right. obviously I didn't make a take. You have so three minutes. Le- you have yeah. three minutes left to vote. All right, I'm looking at it. The Vikings will make the Super Bowl this season. Matthew Judon, the league leader in sacks, will have three or less sacks in the remainder of the season. Con James backing up carries. Uh, I, remember, I listened to the whole episode, and I was actually kind of sad that you guys didn't say a word that I had to know in order to. Oh, we did. I even. I was so. So honored. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do something uh, for this one. Oh, that's a good idea. But uh, I just gave it away, maybe. So, um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with B. Matt Judon. But uh, that one is in last, so I guess that didn't That's make Cam's sense. take. So that means Tucker will take the point. You just you just allowed Tucker to move back into uh, position with you. That oh, you well, whatever. <laughs> well, now it's only, it's only 50-50 on this podcast, so you could just say something stupid and just give me a point. I could. I mean, I am going to say something stupid. So, um, uh, Other winners and losers, do we have any that I, I can't think of anything? Um, um, oh, the Vikings kind of made me look like a loser. I called them frauds, and they went out and beat the Bills. So, um, yeah, that's true. That's we all did thing. that, though. We, all, I mean, you said you guys said it on the pod last week, but I, we've all been saying that for years. Um, I, I'm a loser officially. Um, for the uh, Cowboys, they lost, and I think that officially means they will not have the best record that they had since whatever year it was that I said on that take two, two, three months ago. You can't, uh, can't foresee the injury to Dak. That's, that's tough. <clears throat> if you knew that was coming, you know, that would, ch- would change it up. 
How's C.D. Lamb doing? Is he having an Offensive Player of the Year type season? Was that my take, too? Yeah. We were <laughs> oh, high on the Cowboys this year. Very high on yeah, the Cowboys. Let's, let's see. I don't think so. I haven't been hearing his name a lot. Um, um, other than that, I can't really think of anything. I think we got a ways to go before a lot of takes are resolved. Five touchdowns. It's not bad. It's about as many as Mac has thrown. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's move into ways to takes. I guess I do have a take um, concerning the Raiders. Um, so the Raiders obviously came out and lost to the Colts, who were coached by a high school football coach. Um, they had a guy calling plays that had never called plays before, especially at the NFL level. Um, and they went out and they got embarrassed by the, by the Colts, the, the Raiders. And, uh, a lot of people are calling for Josh McDaniels job. Now reports are saying that McDaniels can't be fired in the next two years because they are cash broke. They cannot afford to fire. I read this too. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of messes with my take, but I'm disregarding that because, I came up with this take um, on like Monday, and it is now Thursday, and I'm sticking to it. But um, so a lot of this Josh, already sounds like a loser. Josh McDaniels, <laughs> Josh McDaniels is known as the offensive coach for Bill Belichick, right? Like he is, he has been the Patriots guy. He he made that, he helped that Tom Brady offense along. He helped Mac Jones get acclimated here. He looked pretty good last year. So when he gets fired at the end of the season. Bill Belichick's going to hire him, but he's going to hire him as a defensive coordinator. Bill Belichick brought in Matt Patricia after he left. He was a defensive coordinator for the Patriots, went to the Lions, was terrible and was fired, very similar, but brought him back on the other side of the ball. Now he let Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator, walk. He's going to get fired, and he's going to bring him back on defense. Because that's just how Bill Belichick's thinking nowadays. Just switch it up. Now, McDaniels started out as a defensive assistant like 25 years ago. So there's a there's background there. You know, I'm sure he could really coach up this defense. So, um, yeah, that's the take. Josh McDaniels will be fired from the Raiders, then hired by Belichick, Belichick as defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. That's the take. I mean, that is a terrible take. Not not only is it not going to happen because he's not going to get fired, he will be the coach next year. Um, but outside of that, if Bill were to bring him back and still have Patricia, they would just switch. I mean, there's absolutely no way that they wouldn't switch back. But you think he'd be able to take the job away from Matt Patricia just like that? Like, wouldn't that piss Patricia off? They would go into a meeting and it would take three seconds. Hey, would you would you would you feel better if you were defensive if we brought uh, um, McDaniel's back and he'd be like, yeah. Listen, like, I, I, I'm like, trying to come bring, up with a way to gang back together. Like, I, there's no way that they. You know how awkward that would be, and how much press and talking about it in every single press conference and everything for the entire time that that. With <clears throat> yeah, but I think Bill likes it though. I think he likes making people upset. Like he, he, the, the all these. Oh no, been... Bill, Bill, Bill would definitely think about it, and that's why he would ask them. I think he wouldn't just do it. 
but I think they would all agree that it would be the best way to do it would be to switch switch everybody back. I mean, honestly, I do want him back as our offensive coordinator. Um, I was sad to hear that he's not being fired, but I'm just trying to make it a waste to take, man. And to me, he hired a defensive guy to be his offensive coach. So why wouldn't he hire an offensive guy to be his defensive coach? He's clearly just just throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks now and might as well try it. They don't have a defensive coordinator right now. The closest thing is his son, who sucks. So, I don't know. Remember when they didn't have an offensive or a defensive coordinator? Yeah. I mean, technically, they don't. Technically, they don't. Matt, Matt Patricia's uh, his title is like VP of football operations and offensive yeah. line coach. Like, yeah. we like not even football, like VP of, of football projects or something like that. Just some made up thing. So Bill can just what pay. A he can. It's what honestly so they can pay them less. So I don't hate it, but yeah. I don't know. I think I thought it was a little wasted. Figure Josh McDaniels on the news and tie the Patriots into it. So I like that take, but we'll see. Uh, you got a take for us? Uh, I do. Um, we had a tremendous game, game of the year, as of now, I'd say, last week with the uh, Bills and the Vikings. Um, Vikings uh, squeaking out on top. They just laughed at me because I said squeaking. Um, and the Justin Jefferson catch late in the game. One-handed over a guy. Well, not even over a guy. In front of a guy who had both hands on the ball, rips it from him, comes down with the ball underneath him, somehow tucks it. The ball doesn't even get close to the ground. Are you okay, Linnea? She's she doesn't like my words that I'm using. And the th- the thing is, this catch to me is the best catch I've ever seen. And that's the thing. It's the best catch I've ever seen. Not and like you you could say that Odell's catch was great, sure it was, but Jefferson was fully extended. And uh, had he ripped it out of another grown man's face with two hands on it and pulled it down. And then you can talk about maybe even the other one that comes to mind for me was Edelman's catch where he like followed it and like scooped it back up like an inch off the ground in the uh, was it the AFC Championship game maybe Super Bowl. It was fifty one when they were coming back. They had to have it. Yeah, right. So that like the other thing about this game. It, like at the time, because it was such an important play, because you know, in, in the scheme of the game, for Jefferson's catch that puts it really high, and I think the Edelman catch, you know, maybe that one might take the top, but it's waste to take. So I'm going this Jefferson catch just because how, how much skill it was. Can I can I ask permission to edit your take a little bit? Sure. Instead of saying it's the greatest catch you've ever seen, just say it's the greatest catch of all time. Feel like that's more of a take. All right, that's that's fine. Right, I've seen like, all catches. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> arguably, I, but arguably, like the greatest catches in NFL history have happened over the past 10, 15 years. Like, yeah, they just keep accumulating because they didn't have the sticky gloves back then, and there weren't. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same game. So, it's, if you don't have to, I'm just saying, if 
if you oh, want. Oh, I will. It's the best catch ever. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple things on this. Ama- unreal catch. Amazing. The defender was an idiot. Well, yeah, but that's besides the point. Yeah, well, I, I'm not. I'm not taking away from Je- Jefferson. He made the play. Like the defender. All, def- all you gotta do is swat it away. It's fourth and eighteen. Bad you have to just. Down. And even if you just go out there and if you go out there and act like a freak and just flail your arms and legs like a madman in the air, that's still better than what he tried to do. Like he tried oh, to yeah. intercept it and just had it taken away by one hand from a guy flipped upside down. Embarrassing. So, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a top. It was definitely a top five catch all time. No debating that. Like, there's no, there's no debating it. In terms of skill, um, it's probably. I, I struggle. I'm struggling with this because I, I think this is a better catch than Edelman's. I think it's a, I think it's a better catch than the, the helmet catch. Um, but the thing with those two catches are that it was in the Super Bowl. So like Edelman's catch right, was that's what I mean. the end of the game. Like they were, it was like third and. 12 or something like that and they had to have it and he got to it and it was unreal but it wasn't like it took a ton of skill it took a lot of like um good fundamentals from edelman it definitely took a lot of skill yeah but but it was more i feel like fundamental and jefferson catch is not yeah no yeah i mean he it took a lot of good hand-eye coordination and a little bit of luck um the only other one that I'm struggling putting this past is that Odell catch because, like, yes, but there was no de- there was no defender on him. There he's was, got sticky gloves. Well, he got interfered with. He got interfered yeah, but, with on the but play. But he didn't have to rip the ball down from another guy, and the t- the way that Jefferson tucked it. Yeah, I, it's well, I'm struggling with it because I think that Odell's catch is like he had like three fingers on it behind him full extension he got interfered with a guy came across his body yanked his shoulder pad and he still went up three fingers full extension behind him that's the only reason jefferson palmed it like just like a basketball and just said give me that which was super impressive so i i would put it top two i don't know if i'm ready to say one and 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 the re and i'm just struggling because those other two catches I mentioned, the Tyree catch and the Edelman catch, were in key, key Super Bowl moments, like, and they were impressive as hell. But I'd put – so I'd rank it right now, Odell, Jefferson, Edelman, Tyree. Because um, I think the Tyree was a little bit more luck than it was skill because he just kind of like grabbed it and held on. Um, so it's tough. It's a tough one. I, I, I think – it do there's definitely a case to say it's the greatest catch of all time. I just don't know if I can get on board. Maybe just because it's the middle of a regular season game. I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right, let's move on to some topics. We're moving right along here. Um, fraud of the week. Um, so I have a fraud of the week. Um, I struggled with this. It's still kind of related to my ways to take, um, but it's going to be Derek Carr. So. As much as the Raiders have struggled, I think a lot of it is on the quarterbacking rather than just the coaching. So, like when you have a new head coach come in, sometimes there's there's um, there's that growing pains, right? Like there's it's going to take a little bit to get on to to get going. And I feel like Derek Carr is just not a guy that can kind of elevate your team. I think he's just a kind of a middle of the road guy. He misses some really bad throws. Um, I, I was listening to an interview about the, 
the Raiders and there was some tape out on them that um, on a third down late in the game that they had to have Derek Carr threw it. I think it was the game, the throw that they lost on towards Stefan uh, Gilmore. There was a guy wide open in the middle of the field and he just didn't see him. So I think that a lot of the blame needs to fall on him. I think he's a good guy. Like he was really emotional after the game, but I just don't think he's very good. Do you know how many playoff games he's won in his career? No. Give a guess. Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. You know Derek Carr, right? He's been around nine years. Take a stab at how many playoff games he's won. Um, one. Zero. I think it's one. Zero. Is he, but he, he's been in a few. Guess how many he's been in. One. One. He is 0-1 in it. the playoffs. They just can't seem to make it to the playoffs with him. And, like, I think he's a serviceable guy that, you know, is just kind of a middle-of-the-road quarterback. What was, what, what was the year where they were, like, the best team in the league? That hasn't happened recently. No, it was, like, seven years ago. But They didn't make the playoffs. His first, his first trip to the playoffs. Oh, you know what it was? They made it, but he was hurt. And they started oh, some. That's what it I was. think they Did started they win a game that year. No. Okay. They started like Jeff Driscoll, who was the Florida yeah, quarterback. He, yeah, yeah. And he was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because that because I well the reason why I said one is because I remember there being one season where they were lights out. Yeah. No. But, they, yeah. He was hurt. They made it in and he got hurt and they lost immediately. But yeah. last year was his first playoff start and they lost in the in the wild card round. So I don't think he's very good and. I think that a lot of this team, like they have the same roster they had last year where they made it to the playoffs, plus Devontae Adams. So they're better. And Chandler Jones on defense. So they're better than they were last year. <coughs> Excuse me. They were better than they were last year. And they're they're terrible. And I think some of it's coaching. Like some of it is a, an adjustment. But I just think Derek Carr isn't a guy that can carry you to the playoffs. So he's my fraud of the week. I don't think he's very good at all. I mean, I would have to agree with that. Um, not a great track record. Um, my fraud of the week, um, I'm going with the owner of FTX. Oh, yeah. Huge Big, fraud. Huge Sam fraud. Bankman Freed. It's Sam Bankman Freed. Huge fraud. Uh, literal term fraud. Uh, That's a good to, one. That's a good one. I put it in the pod because I don't know. You guys obviously didn't touch on it last week. I think it. It was a over the weekend slash Friday news, maybe. Yeah. Um, tried to hide it in the Friday news cycle, didn't work. Uh, um, yeah, huge fraud. Took a lot of money from people. A lot of weird things going on. The guy looks like a dork. Uh, in in other news, uh, we get back to sports now. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, I love it. Fraud. Huge fraud. I mean, definition fraud. Um, FTX fraudulent. And uh, we might know of somebody who may have finessed from finessed from FTX, uh, one of the high-ranking members. We won't mention it, but we'll just say we might know someone who might have, you know, gotten away with maybe the sale of some property from one of these guys. But um, we'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> all right, that's a good fraud of the week. I like that. Um, all right, let's get into some of these games. We'll start with the obvious one: Bills Vikings. Get definite game of the year, hundred um, percent. Watching this game, so I, as you know, I am a huge Vikings hater. Um, 
I didn't really care about the outcome of this game. I wanted, I guess I wanted the Vikings to win just for the sake of the Bills, not powerhousing the division. Um, but I watched the whole game and I mean, the, the Vikings, I think are good, man. I don't think there's any other way to say it other than the Vikings are good. And it's funny because I think Kirk Cousins is having one of his worst statistical seasons ever, but they're winning. So clearly the coaching change has made a difference. Um, they're fired up, you know, the Kirk chains thing. So um, the end of the ending of this game was wild. I mean, you had the Vikings, you had the bills going down to seal the game. Allen throws another stupid pick. Like he, he's a little bit iffy, man. He's still like, sometimes throws these awful picks. Then you have the Vikings going down the field and um, you have the Jefferson catch and then they get all the way to the goal line and they get stopped. And you're like, okay, game over. But then you have the Bills in the end zone and then some stupid mistake. Really like can't have, like it's almost better if you take the safety there. I know it's only a three point game at that point, but at the same time, like what are you doing? So they fumble the snap in the end zone. Vikings recover. Um, and then Josh Allen turns it on, drives down the field. They score a field goal uh, to tie it up, go to overtime. Vikings drive down the field. Jefferson makes a nast- another nasty catch at the two-yard line. They still can't get in, kick the field goal. Bills drive down the field, and Allen throws another really stupid in- interception to end the game. But my takeaways from this game were that the Vikings are really legit, like absolutely a contender for the title. <coughs> And my second takeaway was that I don't think this Bills team is as solid as everybody thinks. I think something's up with Allen. I think it might be that injury he has on his arm. That could be something that's that's limiting him. But these past couple weeks, he's regressed a little bit back into what he was in his first two years, which is run around like a crazy man in the backfield and then throw a stupid interception. Um, but it was a thoroughly entertaining game to watch. Um I just this gives me stupid hope as a Patriots fan, which I shouldn't have, that the Patriots can somehow steal a game from the Bills, which I don't think will happen. But it gives me that little bit of hope. I even texted our group after the game and said, I think the Pats are going to steal one from the Bills. Um, but now that we're almost a week removed from that, probably not. Uh, your takeaways from this game, Dill? Yeah, I think I have the same ones, but to elaborate on what what you said, your two takeaways. One. Um, on the Bills side of things, <clears throat> I think obviously if the Bills are a good team, I think Allen is historically having second half issues. And like you said, particularly it's these uh, interceptions, you know, just bad judgment plays. And I think it's, I think legitimately he has the weight of Buffalo on his shoulders and I think the weight of like the weight that he has on his shoulders is more than any other quarterback weight from their respective city you know what I'm saying yeah I think there's a lot there's a lot more uh, riding on him and I think that comes down to a coaching thing because when you get down to these second half situations whether you're up by a score, down by a score, um, the the weight needs to be divvied around the team. You need to spread, you know, spread the play out. Don't try to 
you know, you know like don't don't rely on one guy. It seems like they're they're relying on him to make the big play, make a big run play, or um, make a make a really crazy throw. You know, like run some short plays. We have to move the ball around and, and make it less, make it more of a team effort type thing, which I just think maybe they're not doing in these situations. Um, you know, run the ball. They don't run the ball ever. Um, as for the Vikings, the Vikings are extremely resilient, and that's what's a mark of a really good team, like you're saying. Uh, it, they're almost the exact opposite as the Bills. They were down 17 in this game and decided, all right, we're still going to be in this. We just got to play our game. And and then it's not the first time this season it's, that they've come back. They've come back in a lot of games to win. So I think, um, I think it's a testament of a good team that that they have that ability. And and once you kind of get that stigma as the season rolls around, you know the other team is going to start to feel, oh boy, we're only up against, we're only up seven against the Vikings late. Like something bad's about to happen. And then as soon as something goes the Vikings' way, you know it can snowball from there just because they kind of have that that stigma around them. People start to get worried. And in the Bills, it's the exact opposite, right? It's like, oh, it's the second half. When are they going to crumble? So good things going for the Vikings, bad things going for the Bills right now. Yeah, to touch on your on your two things about Al and that, the, the weight of, of everything, I think you're 100% right there because if you think about the other contenders in the AFC, you've got the Chiefs. They've already won a Super Bowl. And then the Bills. So you really, those are your two contenders, really, in the East right now. And then in the West, you've got, yeah, the Eagles are playing well. Uh, they haven't really won one. Um, and then who are even the other contenders in the in the West? I guess the Vikings. But for for Buffalo, who's been a starved of a, of a Super Bowl for so long, you know, they had, of course, the three straight losses um, back in the 90s. <clears throat> There's a lot of weight, and and I think it is a coaching point, and I think the problem is that they still have that little stink of a loser on them. They were so bad for so long that there's still that little thing that they don't know how to win. Um, they don't know how, like, not that they don't know how to how to go out and play the good game and game plan well. They just don't know how to handle winning, you know, and and how to be in those winning situations. I I, I saw a little bit talked about this week via my Patriot echo chamber on Twitter. If you remember after the Malcolm Butler catch, that wasn't the last play of the game. New England had to come out with the ball on the half yard line and they had to figure out a way to get out of the end zone in order to kneel the ball down and win the game. And it wasn't an easy thing. So Brady went out and they, they were obviously very well coached. They've been doing it for 10, 12, 10 to 12 years at that point, winning ball important games went out, did the fake snap, the Seahawks fell for it, and jumped off sides. And then after they jumped off sides, they got really angry and gave the Patriots an additional 15-yard penalty. So, yeah. um, pushing and shoving and yeah, throwing. Yeah, Gronk beat the crap out of like Michael Bennett. Um, but like that type of thing, like that's how you differentiate a real winner from just a good team is if you can handle those situations well. And I think the Bills – there's still that that coaching factor well, that needs to be and, included. And to that point too, the defensive player, 
not batting the ball down yeah. on, on Jefferson's catches is exactly that. Like you have to make the smart football play. Like I mean, you're not gonna I'm not gonna say the whole game was because of that, <laughs> that, but um, it's those little things that makes a mark of a good team, well coach team, a disciplined team, and all that stuff. So maybe they're just not right quite there yet. And this is why I think that they are going to lose to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. And we'll move on to the next game, which was played in Germany, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks. And the Buccaneers won this game. Um, Brady looked pretty fired up. I think he was excited to be out of the country in a new place. He's never lost a game on foreign soil. There's another Brady stat for you. Uh, I think he's like 3-0 and all time in London and German games. Or he might no. They played in Mexico once with the Patriots. So he's, I think he's won one in London, one in Mexico, and one in Germany. Um, but again, my takeaway from this game is that the Bucks are starting to put it together. Everybody's been talking about how the Seahawks are legit, and they went out there and they beat them. They beat them. It wasn't particularly close. I think it was a closest score, but I didn't think it was particularly close. Um, I think I I said. Right before they lost to the Panthers, I said they're going to win out. I think I was off by a, by a week. Um, I think that they're going to make a serious push. And I think that, you know, Belichick always preached to the team, we got to play our best ball after Thanksgiving. That's when we have to play our best. And I think that's the situation they find themselves in. They're lucky enough to be in a division that's not very good. So they're. It's kind of like the Patriots for years and years and years. Yeah. I'm in a division that's not very good. I mean, yes and no, because the Patriots were still putting up 11, 12 win seasons, but they were getting six guaranteed wins from their terrible opponents. So you're right. But like, even if the Bucs like don't win out down the stretch and they end up with nine wins, they can win the division. And like Cam has said, they, he doesn't, he doesn't want to play Brady in the playoffs if the Giants. And right now the draw would be. It would be Giants at Bucks for the first round of the playoffs if they ended today. And I think the Bucks win that game 100% of the time. Um, so I'd be scared if I was um, in the NFC. I don't want to see them get going. My second takeaway from this game was Germany was awesome for this game. I don't know if you saw this one, Dill. This was the early game on Sunday. I watched, I watched the, almost the whole game. Yeah, um, but it was awesome. I mean, these London games feel a little stale. doesn't seem like they care all too much. I think the German people are closer to the Americans when it comes to football. I think they're a hardworking group, kind of. Uh, they're big drinkers. I don't know if you saw, but they were serving beer in, like, actual steins, like three-foot steins. People were just drinking huge beers. They were singing the whole time. Country Roads came on. The whole stadium erupted and kept singing after the song ended. Um, it was a great atmosphere. I think that they should focus more on that German market than the London market. I don't think London's all. I don't think English people are all too into that. They have soccer. I think Germans like football a lot, from what I could tell, and they're just kind of a more rowdy group, just like us Americans. I don't think they're all prim and proper like the like the British. So <laughs> I would focus on that German market because that was pretty cool. Uh, your takeaways from this one, Bill? Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect about the fans and the atmosphere, but as soon as I turned it on and saw how many people were there um, and just the crowd atmosphere, uh, you could tell that it was going to be pretty good. And then once they started, like you said, they started singing. Um, as, like two plays were, were, were made afterwards, after the song ended. 
Um, that was special. And I think one of the best takeaways here is, um, like, <clears throat> you know, there's so many people over in Europe that think soccer is the greatest game there is on, on earth. And it's up to us to bring football to them, American football to them, for them to enjoy it. Especially all those young kids out there that don't know what they're doing, kicking a soccer ball around. So let's just do it for the kids. Bring football everywhere. Go to go to another country next. Go to go to Spain. China. Yeah, maybe <laughs> anything. New Zealand. Uh, Australia. Oh, Australia would They'll, love it. I feel like that'd be an electric game. Yeah. Top with list list guys. Top next NFL. countries to play an NFL game. Um, but yeah, as as for the game, uh, Brady looked good. He looked fired up. I think we all were saying how he's playing better, and he threw his first pick in 400 pass attempts or something like that, um, which is wild. Um, and Gino, I'll give it to Gino. They like Seahawks didn't look great. They were down and down pretty. <coughs> Good. I forget what the score was. Um, so they might not have ago. scored in the first half. I think it was like thirteen to zero. Um, the final was twenty one sixteen, so it was closer than I remember it being. Um, well, what happened was is it was it was fourteen to three going into the fourth. Yeah, they were. So the Seahawks scored twice late and made it look like it was closer. Um, they scored with eight minutes left to make it 21 to nine. And then they scored with four minutes left to make it 21 to 16. So they had a chance to get back into it at the end. Right. So uh, what I'm saying is give Gino credit for bringing the team back into the game. He made a lot of good throws, but they just didn't look great from the jump. I mean, the, and the, and the Bucks were, you know, playing a lot better at the beginning. And the one thing that for the, um, for the Bucks that was impressive was their run game was on point and uh which is hasn't it hasn't been there to that level as it was um especially with that white guy like last name white yeah. guy uh <laughs> i don't i don't i don't even remember seeing him on the field really before but he was tearing him up um Fournette had two touchdowns i think um and I think they were goal line touchdowns, but I mean, they still had to get there. They just ran the ball <coughs> very well, and and the Seahawks had a pretty good run defense, so it was good for the for the Bucks there. Yeah, that's something they haven't been able to do either. Uh, run the ball. Uh, I have a quick development for you. Um, the, I got a notification that our poll ended, and there was actually seven votes on the poll, so we got someone that voted after you. Um, oh, and tied it up. Between me and Tucker, at forty three percent. Was it Linnea? It could have did been Linnea. Vote, did you vote on the on the poll? Did you vote for C? She did. Yeah, it, it was, was Linnea. Linnea. That good. Thank you for doing that because Tucker would accuse me of cheating. Um, so we'll have to settle that next week, I guess. So Tucker's oh, I'll point. Do right, I'll do it right now. Tucker's point Air, is. Oh, okay. Um, I'll AirPod it. Well, he always defers, so um, I'll go uh, left. It is. Is there not a thing on this? It's the right one. Oh, okay. So Tucker gets his point back. All right. He'll be happy with that. 
Um, all right. Oh Jesus! What should the I magic word? It. What should the magic word be? Um, the magic word AirPod. AirPod is the magic word. So we'll we'll test the two boys when they get back next week. Uh, all right. The next game um, we can touch on quickly is the Colts game. Um, the Colts beat the Raiders, as I mentioned. Um, I won't spend too much time on it since I talked about it a little bit, but um, to me, like the 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 Colts clearly like are trying to throw the season. The thing that doesn't make sense to me is apparently they took Matt Ryan out originally because they would owe him a bonus if he played a certain amount of snaps. They'd owe him like another ten million dollars or something like that, which is crazy. Um, so play for that bonus, yeah. Bit. So, but I don't get why they gave him back when they brought in a new head coach, when they're trying to tank, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, but the thing is, there is something to be said. Yes. Jeff Saturday doesn't know anything about coaching in the NFL. Um, but there is something to be said about a guy that will just go out there and motivate people. And it's more of the NBA style. Um, where I think in the NBA, all you really need is a good motivator and a good mediator to sort sort out problems between these ladies when they decide to fight. Um, but for the Colts, I think there, I think they was there was a lot in that building. Obviously, they took a lot of heat this week about what was going on. Clearly, they weren't happy with Frank Reich. So I think they just balled out for him. Do I think he's going to be a successful head coach? Probably not. Um, do I think they're going to go on a big string and win a bunch of games? Probably not. But just getting that one win after people were ragging on him all week, I think, was important to them. Uh, your takeaways? And anything yeah, else you I want mean, on the Raiders, too, because they're a disaster. Um, the fact that uh, that Saturday came out and won this game is just sort of uh, hilarious. <laughs> it's like um, people riding him off saying it's a terrible choice. Probably is. Uh, Cam hates him, as I listened last week, says he doesn't like him because he got skinny after being fat. Unbelievable um, reason. Which is a, a wild take, but I kind of respect it. Um The, the choice to play Matt Ryan, was that Saturday's choice or just the owner's? Was the owner's choice? I think the, it was the owner's. I think the owner that's what told, I thought, too. I think the owner told Frank Reich. I think Jim Mercy told Frank Reich, you cannot play him because we'll have to pay him. And then he fired Reich, brought in Saturday, and was like, okay, you can play him now. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. I, what I think is um, Saturday just said, I don't give a crap. And just did whatever the heck he wanted and was like, here's here's Matt Ryan. And uh, maybe there's a little back deal. I'll give you some cash if I can get more of these snaps. And then Saturday was like, sure, I was just on a talk show like three weeks ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I like I'll, take that. A few, I'll take a few extra cash. That's a good take, wasted take. That is. Um, should have been my take, just thought of it. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch any of this game, so I don't really have much on it. But, I mean, the Colts – the strange thing is the Colts are still right in it. Like, they can tank, sure. They're about in the same place that the Patriots are. They're close. But they're, they're four, they're four, five, and one, and they're sort of kind of still in it a little bit. Um, so, we'll go through the Patriots schedule later, but I was looking at the Colts schedule as well. And I think I had them finishing around – eight, eight and one. And if they do that and the Patriots are say eight or uh, eight, nine, the Colts will win 
will win the tiebreaker there. They'll win the last oh, place. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So they've got the Eagles this week. So I'll give them a loss there. Which would so what are they? Four or five. So that's four and six. Steelers, I give them a win there. So that's five, six, and one. Cowboys lost five, seven, and one. Vikings lost five, eight, and one. Chargers could be a win. It's close because they got they've got some good teams. They've got Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, Colts. They've also got the Texans in there and the Steelers in there. So it'll be close. It'll depend. You said you said Colts, but I think you. I I mean, sorry. It'll be the they have the Steelers and the Texans in there. Texans. Okay. So it'll it'll be. It'll be close if they can if they can pull off the string they could be in it so it's the crazy thing about the NFL season I know our friend Chris said that the Patriots were going to win out and maybe lose they're going to lose one more game uh, because the NFL is so crazy I don't know if I agree with that one Chris but um, all right right before we get to the Patriots let's talk about the Eagles they lost finally the 1972 Dolphins get to pop their champagne as the only undefeated team even though it's bullcrap they only played 14 games back then doesn't matter. Um, but they get to pop their champagne and celebrate an undefeated season uh, again. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this was bound to happen to the Eagles. I think they've played a pretty soft schedule so far, and I think their heads probably got a little too big and they looked past the Commanders. And my other thing is, I've said this from the beginning with the Commanders, I don't know why Heineke wasn't the starter the whole time. I think that dude, he might not be the most talented. He might not go on to have a great NFL career. He might never win a playoff game. But he's got balls that I don't think any of these other quarterbacks that they've tried have. Um, I think he's much better than Carson Wentz just because he plays harder than Carson Wentz. So if I'm them, I'm sticking with Heineke until we can get something better in the draft. Uh, Let this kid play the string. He clearly has the team around him. And um, the big thing from this game was the roughing the passer call. So Heineke takes a knee at the end, gets hit by the the Eagles defenders, and... um, gets the first down that ends the game. To me, it was the right call. Um, I don't think I, – I hate it because I understand the defender. It's hard to pull up when you're told to go full speed, like that's your job, go full speed and get to the quarterback. When he takes a knee before you're two steps in front of him, like it's hard. But I think that these defensive ends need to start being coached that they need to not touch the quarterback unless he has the ball and he's standing upright. Like, this happened with the Jets and the Patriots. Like, Mac Jones got rid of the ball, on it, and it was a terrible throw and got intercepted, pick six. But the guy hit him late. And if that guy doesn't hit him late, then that's their points, and that game might go differently. Um, but I think it was the right call. He clearly took a knee. The guy finished him on the ground. You can't do that. And these defensive ends need to start getting better about this. Uh, your takeaways from the Eagles commanders. Um. Yeah, similar thing. Um, to touch on Heineke, um, they're playing Wentz. They played Wentz, I think, just because of merit, like uh, and, you know, past uh, stardom and jersey sales, you know, type of a type of a thing. Um, I think they just need to make the change to Heineke, especially after that beating the Eagles. Um, and, and like you said with the Eagles, I think they, I think it was bound to happen. They're, they're, they're not going to go undefeated, undefeated. I don't think anybody's going undefeated in the, in the NFL the way it is today. Um, every team is just too good. You can't have a, a record that, or you can't have a schedule that would allow this to happen. 
allow an undefeated season to happen. I just don't think so. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, that's all I got on that game. Any thoughts on the on the call? You think it was the right call? I didn't actually see the play, so. Okay. Um, all right. The last thing I, I want to do with you is a little bit of scheduled game with the Patriots. The Patriots coming off the I bye. Did, I did want to touch on one other thing, though, too. Yeah. Um, the Texans uh, and uh, what's his face? Um, Brandon Cooks. Oh, right? yeah, that's nuts. Just not showing up to the game. Yeah. I'm not playing. He got I'm stripped of his captainship because of it. He's very vocal about it everywhere. It's just like, how, how are you a paid professional athlete? I know your team's garbage, but like, how do you do that? How do you just not show up to the game? Unless you have just too much money, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just wild to me. I think Brandon the, Cooks. The Patriots will probably take him. Well, they did have him for a bit. I know that. For, they probably yeah, take him now. They had, yeah, <laughs> they should. They honestly should. Um, but the. I feel bad for Brandon Cooks because this is this is what I've no- noticed of his career. He was on the he was drafted by the Saints, played for the Saints um, for a couple years. Um, never really made it deep into the playoffs because the Saints always got jobbed in the playoffs. Then he got traded to the to the Patriots, where they lost in the Super Bowl to the Eagles. They then traded him a, a, after one year to the Rams who lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. So he lost back-to-back Super Bowls on different teams. And then he was sent to um, the Texans. I think he signed there on his own free will. And he, I think he, he went, when he got there, they still had Watson, like they were a good team. And then he signed like a five extension. Yeah, something. yeah. He, he was still with the team when they had Watson. And then that whole thing blew up. And now he's stuck on a crappy team with a crappy quarterback and a crappy coach. So I do feel for him, but you're right. He's a professional. You should be showing up to do your job. Like, And he got stripped of his captaincy for it, and it's a bit of a diva move, but he's a receiver. I'm not surprised. Um, I don't think he's going to have much value to a lot of teams. I think he's kind of on the back end of his career. I think the only reason he does well down there is because he's the only guy. I mean, I don't think there's anybody else that can really put up numbers like him. So. <laughs> I would say he is cooked. He, yes, correct. Um, all right, little schedule game with you for the Patriots coming off the bye. Right. We couldn't really talk about them. Um, so we'll just do this because it's just us two and we're Patriots fans, so we don't have to have Cam sit through it and we don't have to have argue Tucker Tucker argue all of my points. Um, all right, so the Patriots are sitting, what are they, 500 right now, 5 and 5? Patriots are sitting at 5 and 5 um, with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games to go, obviously. Um, so. They're in the seventh spot for the wild card right now, but they have a tough schedule. They're five and four. They're five and four. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Five and four. Five Five and four with seven games to go. Um, and they're sitting in the seventh wild card spot. The problem is, is that the AFC East they all have easy schedules compared to the Patriots. The Patriots had an easy schedule in the front half that they didn't really handle too well. They've got a tough schedule in the back half. So here's what we've got. And I want to hear your thoughts, win or loss, on each of these games. Patriots and Jets, I'll give them the win just because I take Belichick over Sala. Yep, and it's home. Yep. Um, Vikings-Patriots Thanksgiving, I think that's an easy loss to the Vikings. One of the better teams in the league. At Minnesota. Um, 
Who are, do we know who the Vikings are playing this week? I do not. They might be on a bye. Oh, I think they are on a bye. Major loss. Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> yeah, huge loss. Huge loss. Might lose by 40. Hold on, let me just triple check here. I think you did mention that. Oh, no, they've got the Cowboys this uh, at four, okay, 425 on Sunday. they got the Cowboys. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I. if there would to be a game that the Patriots sneak, it would be a Thanksgiving 8.20 p.m. game against the Vikings away. But I'm going to say no. But this would be the game that they steal. All right, so we have them at 6-5 and five at this point. Um Bills Pats December first, the Thursday following, so they get a full week um, for that game. Uh, also, little teaser for you: the Patriots will be wearing their red uniforms again for this game. We'll see Mac Jones hopefully um, first time in the red. I'm giving them a loss. I think the Bills beat them. Yeah, me too. Okay, so we have them at six and six. Then we have the Cardinals, which is an interesting game because the Cardinals haven't looked very good. But here's my thing. I think the Patriots always struggle with mobile quarterbacks. They've played two this year. They've played Justin Fields, lost. They've played Lamar Jackson, lost. Um, so I'm going to give them a loss here. I don't think they beat the Cardinals. I think they come out flat um, after a long rest period between that Thursday and then the next Sunday after that. Um, so I'm going to give them a loss just because I don't think they're going to be able to handle Kyler, Kyler. That is if Kyler plays. He's a little banged up right now, but I think he'll be good by then. So I'll give them a loss there as well. Um, I think I'm going to give them a win on this one, uh, coming off for the exact opposite reason, coming off of a longer, um, week and, uh, they're going to go down into warm weather. Um, and I think it's going to be good things for them. I think, uh, I think the Cardinals are kind of falling off the edge. We know that they struggle um, later in the season, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Patriots squeak this one out. Uh, next game, Raiders Patriots at Raiders. They'll probably just stay out in the West Coast for this week um, to prepare. Uh, I've got a win there. I think the Raiders are a disaster. Three straight gotta- three straight primetime games. By the way, four straight primetime games. You've got Thanksgiving, then Thursday night football, then um, I think Monday night football, then Sunday night football. Yeah. So this Raiders game is tough for me because, like you said, I think they're gonna they're gonna stay out there. It's a shortened week. I mean, luckily they're playing the Raiders given the circumstance. So I think they squeak out a win. Um, Bengals. At Patriots on Christmas Eve, I got a loss there. I don't, if you'll notice, the games that I'm giving them losses are to legitimate NFL quarterbacks. I think they can't beat legitimate NFL quarterbacks, and this defense is a tad bit fraudulent because they've only beaten up on bad quarterbacks. Um, so I think Burrow dices them apart, and obviously the offense cannot keep up. So I give them a loss there. Yeah, I'll give them an L. Dolphins, Pats. I'm tempted to give them a win here, but I'm not going to loss. <laughs> I'm going to give them a win um, at home. Dolphins are going to be cold January 1st. Um, 
I think Tua is, I think the Dolphins are riding high right now. I think they're going to get over the hump and they're going to start to peter off a little bit towards the end. I think people are, um, what's the word? Um, Over, I think that people are making them out to be a little bit better than they are, like overrated, right? So, um, yeah, I think the Patriots are going to win that one. Um, and then Bills to end the season, January 8th. I've got a loss. Me too. Okay, so I have them at, let's see, 6-4, and 6-5, 6-6, 6-7, 7-7, 7-8, 7-9, 7-10, 7-11, 7-12, 7-13, 7-14, 7-15, 7-16, 7-17, 7-18, 7-19, 7-20, 7-21, 7
and you could kind of see where he was going. And I think he's totally continued that this year based on those numbers. I mean, it sounds like he's balling out. I mean, this is the, the it's one of the starts a goalie has ever had. So um, pretty good. Um, the Bruins with their win today are the fifth team to go 10 and 0 in their first 10 home games. Um, now, I don't know if this is tr- still true. I think it is that one game between the Celtic and Bruins have been lost at TD Garden this season, which is the scariest place to play right now, TD Garden in Boston. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what the Celtics record is, but they, they're doing really well. Might be. So, I think they've lost one at home. To your point about the coaching hire, it's obviously impossible to speculate on like what the actual difference <laughs> is. But watching the games, there's a different type of fluidity like to the style of play. A lot of the passes that they're making, especially in the offensive zone, are like extremely fast. Like they're 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 throwing the puck around as fast as you can throw it, and they just have the incredible hands to to catch it. It's like they're not making a quote unquote safe pass all the time. They're like gambling on being able to catch a really hard pass that's going to like screw up a defense. Like find a little hole between some guys, throw a skip pass, throw it a hundred miles an hour. Hopefully, our guy catches it, and then. Uh, you know, it'll generate an opening. Um, and there's the defense is playing extremely well, too. Like, I don't know what you're saying with the defenseman thing. This is the best defensive core we've had. I mean, we have McAvoy and Grizzlick. Um, Lindholm has been probably the best pickup that we've had in the past 10 years. The guy is unbelievable. He's got the highest, uh, um, plus minus rating in the league. Um, he's facilitating the power play and he's, he's a tremendous, uh, just facilitator in terms of like carrying the puck up ice too. He's like, it's unbelievable that we have this guy and I never heard of him before we had him. Um, he's been, he's been great. Uh, yeah, and the whole team's firing, firing and all. I think you need. Krejci's th- playing really well. I think you need one more depth defenseman. Is what I think you need if you're going to make a serious cup cup push. I mean, I know it's early, but you can't rely on. I feel like you can't just rely on three guys. Like I think you need to have a decent fourth guy in there. Um, I mean, I think that I think the six that they have is is the one of the best six in the league. Um, I, I mean, I'm just and, saying, like, they've and, made moves at the deadline before. They brought in these, like, kind of pieces. Like, think of, like, Charlie Coyle, that type of move. Where, like, just a, a kind of, like, a depth guy that can flourish here. I think they could do that again. I think they could just find a defenseman. That's what I mean, yeah. If, if they can do that on the defensive level. Because, you have the defense, um, defensemen always get hurt. You, you always want to have more than six starting defensemen because at, at any given time one of them's probably going to be hurt or two or three so um and they do have extra guys on the bench that, that can well not on the bench that are not dressed um that could fill in a role if somebody gets hurt so i think they're okay but yeah if they were to pick up anybody i would pick up another defenseman at some point 
yeah, but they're a wagon, and I'm um, excited to see what they do. It would be sweet to see them get one for Bergey on his last go-around. Um, all right, let's jump into list, guys. Dylan and I came up with one before the show, a little outside the box. Had some ideas that we wanted to say for the full crew, but right now we're going best uses of the potato. Now, I know what you're thinking. What do you mean uses? Could it just be food? Could it be other things? We're gonna use. We're gonna touch them all here. I think. Um, all right. My number five is gonna be. I didn't write these down. I'm going off top ahead. My number, Me too. My number five is gonna be a clock, potato clock. I've never built one myself, but I know it's a big staple of science fairs across middle school America. Um, so you know, somehow you can make a potato tell time. And that's pretty useful, I feel like. You know, if, you, if you're out in the wilderness and you've only got a bunch of scrap metal and a potato and you want to know what time it is, you can make a clock. So, um, I mean, you, you don't see potato and think clock. It just shows you how versatile it is. So I'm going number five, a potato clock. Um, now, I was going to put, like, using it to, like, funnel electricity, like, basically what you're saying. Um, but I don't want to do that, so I think I want to add another layer to this. But can we do, like, we can't have any of the same things? Make yeah, it sure. All right, okay. So I won't. So I won't do that. But my number five is going to be on a similar uh, thing. I'm going to go with the potato head, as in Mr. Potato Head. Um, originally, a man did look at the potato. And did dress it up, which is bananas in itself. Uh, and it turned into a toy. But what other toy is it? A potato? No other. Just the potato head. It's a it's a great use of the potato. Uh, all right. Now this is a little. This adds a little wrinkle because I. It's almost like a draft. Like I feel like I have to take one at number four that I can't take at number three. Uh, well then, we'll just we'll just the ones we did are our fifths, and then we'll start at one and go one. No, two, it, it three, doesn't matter. Four. We'll just keep we'll just keep going. Who cares? Uh, my number four, I'll go with ammunition for a potato gun. Uh, potato gun. Potato guns are a staple of backyard America. Take out, you know, if you're in a family like mine where maybe you don't have firearms around, your parents are scared to let you handle them, they hand you a spud gun. You go outside, put the potato in, you launch that puppy. Um, never been hit with a spud gun. They come out pretty quick. I imagine it probably hurts. I imagine something like the rubber bullets they use, you know, to control mobs and stuff like that. I, they should just all give them spud guns. Um, so I'm going, I mean, that thing will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> potato gun, number four. Uh, number four for me, since you did a wacky one, I'll do another wacky one. Cause I feel like we're going to end up, uh, using up some things. Um, I, I, I'm not saying this from personal use. I'm saying it from what I've seen on TV. It seems effective. Uh, uh, sticking a potato in the tailpipe. Uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll screw up a car. Might kill you. Uh, so there's that, uh, might kill the driver. That might be effective. Um, you shove one of those puppies in the tailpipe, uh, I, there's going to be some serious problems. I don't, I don't hear about it shoving anything else up the tailpipe. Uh, 
So, I, I mean, that seems like pretty good use to me. So that's number four. Uh, number three, I'm going mashed potatoes. Um, you know, the potato... Low on my list. The potato um, is, you know, can be cooked a variety of different ways, but it is Thanksgiving and we're getting towards that time of year where you, you, you gorge yourself on mashed potatoes. Throw a lot of butter and salt in there, though. I can't have bland mashed potatoes. Can't do it. Um, but you make them right. You get them nice and fluffy. Um, nothing better. Mashed potatoes, number three. Um, oof, there's so many good choices. I'm going to go with... Oh, damn. I'm going to go with a... Uh, with a home fry. Uh, specifically the ones where you like legitimately make them, not the ones that come in a bag where they're kind of crispy. I'm talking about the ones where you chop them up, you throw them in some oil, you put some salt and pepper, some other leafy green vegetable thingy on there, make it nice and spicy. Uh, throw it on the grill, on the skillet. Uh, there's nothing better in the morning with some ketchup right next to the pancakes. Maybe some toast and some eggs. Home fry number three. My number two is going to be a baked potato. Um, That's a terrible choice. Get a nice steak and uh, you get a baked potato on the side. Let it suck up the juices from the steak. Um, You can bake them once. You can twice bake them even. And they're pretty darn good. Uh, I don't know how you're you're ragging on a baked potato. It's pretty easy to make. Baked potatoes suck. They're no, like the they're worst so way to eat good. a potato. Have you ever had a baked potato fully loaded with like cheese, yeah. chives? It's not as good as a French fry oh with all that God, stuff on so it. It's so good. It's so good. It's not good. even remotely close. I'm going baked potato number two. You're a big like potato skin fan too, so I get that. I love um, ah, that was a miss. It's not on my list. <laughs> uh Number two now, um, I mean, you have to take the potato chip. Um, potato chip, number two for me. Trey's going to be all upset if he doesn't know what to pick now. Uh, uh, a classic, you know, one of those accidents uh, that turned into something great. Uh, you know, the, what's funny about the potato chip is that it was when it was first made, they had an impossible time um uh, getting it out to people because they would go stale extremely quick. Because the only way you could ship stuff back in the time when they were first making them was in like giant barrels. So they would, like, <coughs> they would send them at, uh, to people like uh, in the military because they would just like they would eat them. They'd get stale. They'd sit in the barrel, and it was just something you would eat um, for a little snack. But it wasn't until the invention of the paper bag that they actually be like went around to people because they could put them in paper bags and ship them around the, the country. So, little fun fact for you in the potato chip. Uh, I'm not struggling with my number one. My number one's a French fry. French You're fries. on number two. No, I'm at number one. Ah, shit. I thought you were on number two. No. I had potato clock, potato gun, mashed potato, baked potato. And my number one is a French yeah. fry. Well, uh, French fry would be, is the number one, but I, I can't take it. 
Yeah, French fry, number one, easy. Eat a lot of French fries. Uh, my dog's favorite food is French fries. They eat French fries. Um, I mean, there's nothing better. You know, you can try them with any different type of sauce you want. Always good for a side. Get them nice and hot, crispy. McDonald's fries. I mean, there's just so many different types of fries. Um, Steak fries? Yeah, I mean... I mean, you could even lump in tater tots. I'm not gonna because it's not a fry, but it's similar. Um, yeah, French fries, easy number one. Of course, it's similar to potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, French fry is the easy number one, but I won't take it. Obviously, um, my number one is going to be the hash brown. Uh, Waffle like house, a, like a like a McDonald's hash brown, or even a, a Dunkin' Donuts hash brown. What about a Waffle or, House hash brown? Waffle House hash brown is fantastic. Um, and, and, I, and I'm going to encompass all types of hash browns. I'm going to count the like little stringy ones you get in the bag and you make your own like hash brown patty at home with it. Those are fantastic. Um, crispy crowns used to get at a, at a Burger King before they stopped doing those. Those are fire. Um, tater tots also are included in the same category because, again, it's hash browns just in uh cylinders small cylinder form <laughs> but uh i think that's a worthy of a top spot given uh no french fry um and i think other people might actually put that at the number one ask 100 guys on the street a few of them will say tater tot number one hash brown number one um a couple honorable mentions because i looked up a list while we were talking to see some strange uses for potatoes removing rust from objects yeah okay as a cold compress uh, re- reduce the bags under your eyes instead of cucumbers. Use potatoes. Um, rub them on diving goggles to prevent them from fogging up. Um, make your own potato pr- stamps. You you cut out a shape in a potato to oh, make, yeah. make a stamp. Um, just this might be the most versatile thing, food item in the world. Potatoes. You can use it for a lot of functions other than eating it. Yeah. Relieve a headache, soothe itchy skin, uh, help bruises, burns, or sprains. This is unbelievable. I read somewhere where people used to put um, onions. People used to put onions in their, like, socks at night to, like, help them get rid of a cold while they're sleeping. Like, it goes out through the foot or something. Apparently, there's some science behind it. But it also works with potatoes, too, apparently. You, like, stick it, like, you cut it in half and you put it up against your foot. And it's supposed to help you get over a cold. Maybe I'll try that tonight. wild. <laughs> also, um, a good nickname. I used to think Hato in... Uh, it's Potato. In Rookie of the Year, was name was Potato. Um, all right. I think that's it for our show. Um, fun fact, a little behind-the-scenes ways to take. Dylan and I had the idea of doing a podcast years before. Ways to Takes was born. Oh, yeah. And this has finally come true. You and I doing a podcast together. Just just yes, solo. Uh, let us know if we should cut the fat. Let us know if this was your favorite episode ever. And we'll fire the <laughs> other two jabronis and, and keep moving. Um, but that's our show. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back with a full crew for the first time in two weeks next week. Uh, I, uh, we'll all be home together. So maybe we can get together for that. Except for Kim. It'll be what, episode 150, too. That's a big milestone. That's a big one. Yeah, we should do that at, at home. Um, but we'll plan that out and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back to full strength, but, uh, thanks for getting wasted with us. 
check us out on our socials, and we will see you next week. So long. See ya.